0: It is Monday. It's a holiday. It's Memorial Day weekend. I think a lot of us view Memorial Day weekend as the start to summer and a welcome 3-day weekend as we get as we finish up spring and get into summer. But as before we begin the podcast, I uh, as we get in or as you're into the Memorial Day holiday, I think we need to take a moment to thank the brave men and women who fought for our freedom, some of whom made the ultimate sacrifice. So this Monday, this Memorial Day, and every day, we say thank you to them for their service to our great country. Let's dig in. You're listening to Financial Insights, a podcast that helps investors through the difficult maze of financial planning and saving for retirement. I'm Brian Ullman, and I'm a financial advisor and certified financial planner at Ford Financial Group. And together with some guests and other advisors at my firm, we're talking about the issues and questions relating to finance that face our clients every day. So it's always interesting heading into a long weekend, especially as we get into the Memorial Day weekend and, as I mentioned earlier, kickoff summer. uh, Markets actually close early on a Friday before Memorial Day weekend, uh, and trading starts to get thin as the trading desks empty out and people begin their summer vacation plans. Uh, the, The major U.S. markets were a bit higher last week. Uh, as market participants took concerns about inflation in stride. U.S. small caps, which is the Russell 2000, were the best-performing U.S. asset class last week. And really, they continue to lead all the other uh, indices as we approach this, or this mid-year point, really, that we're getting into. Uh, going forward, I think LPL research has made it pretty clear that they believe the early-stage bull market, along with the young eco- economic expansion, could really continue to help small caps. Uh, Markets overseas finished higher with the emerging market equities outperforming developed markets. Overall, the S&P 500 last week was up one and a third percent. Roughly, the Dow was up a little bit more than one percent. NASDAQ up more than two and a quarter and Russell 2000 up just short of two and a half percent. Uh, Really, the story was earnings. The S&P 500 index earnings for the first quarter are still tracking to a remarkable 51 percent year over year increase. More than double the 24% increase expected on March 30, uh, 31st. Uh, consensus S&P 500 earnings estimate for the next four quarters has increased by an unusually strong 4.2% since earnings season began. And year-to-date, the consensus S&P 500 earnings estimates for 2021 has increased by over 12%, which is actually similar to the index's advance. Noteworthy also last week is that initial jobless claims continue to decline. According to the U.S. Department of Labor, just over 400,000 Americans filed for unemployment insurance last week, which was better than the Bloomberg consensus 425,000 and another new pandemic low. Uh, Continuing claims were slightly better than consensus as well. And the improvement in jobless claims over recent months is really encouraging and has brought filings closer to pre-pandemic levels. But the U.S. economy still needs to create about another 8 million jobs to get back to February 2020 levels. The next thing I wanted to move on to was the fact that last week was the Dow's birthday, the Dow Jones Industrial Average. Uh, It was about 125 years ago last week. The Dow Jones Industrial Average was founded by Charles Dow. Uh, Some fun facts here about the Dow. Uh, It actually started with 12 companies, uh, most of which don't exist anymore. Although, interesting fact, General Electric was actually in the original 12 companies that was part of the Dow Jones Industrial Average. And over the years, over its lifetime, it's gained 7.7% on average per year with an 82.7% 82.7 gain in 1915 as being the best year ever, Uh, and then its worst year ever came shortly thereafter, 1931, the Dow Jones Industrial Average lost 52.7% for its worst year ever. So 82.7 best, 52.7 was the worst. It has made over its lifetime 1,440 new all-time highs, which comes out to four and a half percent of all days that it has actually scored a new high for itself. Pretty good, in my opinion. Uh, the worst day ever was a 22.6% drop during the crash of 1987. Uh, Black Monday. Uh, then the, uh, a huge crash. Interestingly, though, that seems that it was more market related than economically related. Um, and that was the single worst day was 22%. Of course, circuit breakers are in place now to kind of prevent another crash of 1987 happening. All over again. Um, but that, that was the worst day. The best single day gain ever was 15.3% all the way back in March 1933. So those huge swings, the huge days, the real, the only real big historic record setting one, uh, in our lifetimes probably have been, it was back in 1987 with that huge drop now with circuit breakers built in from preventing that from happening again. But some interesting, some interesting takeaways as we pull the scope and pull the lens back and look over the last 125 years of the Dow Jones industrial average, um, uh, so if you had <laughs> you know all these, all these investors go back. If you had put X number of dollars into Apple or Amazon or cryptocurrencies, what would you be doing now? Well, if 125 years ago you'd put a little bit of money into the Dow Jones industrial Average. If you were able to invest in all 12 of those companies, how would you be doing now? Uh, well, probably not so well if you was in the 12 companies, but you were invested in the average as those uh, companies came and went out of that uh, measure, you'd probably be doing OK. I next want to move on and talk about the relationship that goes on between Treasury yields and mortgage rates. You know, there's some some difficulty understanding this, I think, among a, a lot of people, because there's this idea that you know, if the Federal Reserve adjusts interest rates, it somehow is. They're adjusting all interest rates, whether whether you pay on a loan for a car or a mortgage, or something like that, and that's not exactly the case. Treasury yields are related to mortgage rates, but all of these different kinds of loans and borrowing and lending all have different rates. Uh, And right now, mortgage rates are still around all-time lows But really, I think it's probably not a surprise to anybody that they may be headed higher here in the near future. The 30-year national average mortgage rate hit an all-time low of 2.82% back in February. But with the U.S. recovery in full swing, mortgage rates have started to creep higher. Uh, The bank rate 30-year national average mortgage rate is currently 3.1% uh and that's still below the 20 year average mortgage rate of nearly 5% but it's a little bit higher than where we were in february and really what this boils down to is that higher treasury yields typically mean higher mortgage rates and you know LPL research expects the 10 year yield or the the yield on a 10 year treasury to be between 1 and 3 quarters and 2%. So mortgage and which is above where we are now. So mortgage rates may move higher from the, from the levels where they are right now as well, but they're still going to remain low by historical standards, right? Let's just say mortgage rates go up from where they are now, according to bank rate at 3.1%, up to three and a half. You're still well below that average mortgage rate of nearly 5%. I'm going to link in the show notes to one of LPL's charts of the day from last week uh, that show the 30-year national average Average mortgage rate and how it's tracked the ten-year Treasury yield, uh, whatever that's been, plus 1.75%. The the additional 1.75% that spread is a rough estimate of the costs associated with originating a mortgage loan. So in 2020, we saw a big divergence from the ten-year Treasury figure as interest rates moved sharply lower, but mortgage rates only kind of gradually drifted lower throughout the year. Constrained mortgage origination capacity because of COVID-19 was really the reason mortgage rates didn't move sharply lower, just like the 10-year treasury. The mortgage industry has increased its mortgage origination capacity recently, so that relationship between the 10-year treasury yield and mortgage rates has kind of converged again, and we expect that that relationship to continue where they tracked each other pretty closely. Um, so as a result, if we're expecting higher treasury yields this year, then mortgage rates are likely to increase as well. Now, Low mortgage rates have certainly contributed to the strong demand for residential housing, uh, as well as the elevated mortgage refinancing activity that we've seen. And so while we think mortgage rates are likely to be headed higher from current levels, I don't think mortgage rates will return to their historical average of 5% anytime soon. So because of that, barring some unforeseen macro event, I think housing demand is likely to remain pretty strong here in the midterm or in the near term. With those supply constraints where there's not many homes for sale uh, in combination with these still historically low mortgage rates, I think we could continue to see this hot housing market go for for a while. That's where I'm going to leave it today. I hope you had a great long weekend uh, and spent time with friends and family in a safe way, of course. Uh, If you have questions for us at Ford Financial Group, you can find us on the web, fordfg.com, or you can email your advisor or any of us here at our general inbox at fordfg.com. Have a great week, and I look forward to talking to you in the next one.
1: The advisors with Ford Financial Group are registered representatives with, and securities are offered through, LPL Financial, member FINRA, and SIPC. Investment advice is offered through Ford Financial Group, a registered investment advisor, and a separate entity from LPL. The opinions voiced in this material are for general information only and are not intended to provide specific advice. Or recommendations for any individual. All performance referenced is historical and is no guarantee of future results. All indices are unmanaged and may not be invested into directly. Stock investing involves risk, including loss of principal. No strategy assures success or protects against loss. The economic forecasts set forth in this podcast may not develop as predicted. Ford Financial Group and LPL Financial do not provide tax or legal advice or services. This information is not intended as a solicitation or an offer to buy or sell any security referred to herein.